roll camera. Mics up. And action. Live from Australia, streaming around the world. Around the world. The most cinematic podcast of your week awaits. This is Bottomless Popcorn with your host, Morgan Brown. Hey everyone, I'm Morgan and this is another episode of Bottomless Popcorn. Welcome to the show. Uh, on today's episode, we have a friend of mine. His name is Mike Vile. Uh, he and I used to work for the same uh, cinema together. Mike had uh, a job that I think all movie lovers wish they had, which was head of film programming, which meant he got to watch a lot of movies and got paid to do it. Uh, which I think is something a lot of us could relate to or wish we had. Um, Mike has picked his top four favourite films to talk about when going to the movies today. Surprisingly, he has not picked uh, the film Baywatch from 2017 in his top four, which really surprises me. I don't know what happened there. Uh, But he does have a great selection of films. So let's jump straight into it and speak to Mike about his four favourite films. Okay, my name is uh, Mike. Uh, The last movie I saw was The Power of the Dog, which is Jane Campion's new film, uh, which Ooh. is due out shortly. Very nice. And uh, definitely one to check out at the cinema, you think? Yeah, it is. It's, uh, look, it's, just, it's not mainstream, but it's, um, yeah, no, it's a really good film. Uh, definitely worth worth having a watch with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, and cool. It? And she's Australian too, right, Jane Campion? Well, you know, I like to think she's Okay, just making sure. So she's in that Russell Crowe, Sam Neill category, I guess. No, 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 we've given you Russell Crowe. We're sticking okay. with Sam Neill, but uh, <laughs> yeah. we'll keep Jane Campion, but we'll give her a little bit. Cool. Uh, just before we get started, I was going to talk about how you and I knew each other. So we both worked for the uh, same... Uh, cinema company and I was probably the most annoying person to reach out to you on the daily asking you about all sorts of films I think is a pretty accurate description of how that working relationship went I would say yeah no it's that's not too bad but uh, to be honest <laughs> being in the industry and you know sort of yeah. film is the key thing it's actually refreshing to you know to be talking with people that have a passion for film because you know that's our business so yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, like the role. Well, some of your choices in films are pretty poor, I must admit. But... <laughs> Mate, Baywatch is a top 10 movie of all time. Yeah. We all know it. <laughs> it's absolutely robbed that it didn't win the Oscars that year. It's yeah. an absolute yeah. travesty. But, you know, but your, your role is something that's um, really a movie lover's dream, really. Like you literally just get to watch and see all these amazing movies and decide yeah, like what yeah, theaters well, we're going to show them yeah. in and stuff like that as well, right? Yeah, no, that's right. So I hear the programming. So what that means is really, yeah, choose which sort of, which films should be played within the cinemas that uh, we run. And uh, uh, yeah, look, it's, it is, it's a, it's a great, great role and everything, but yeah. you know, there is a lot of rubbish out there as well that you have to watch um, yeah. at the same time. And it's also, I, I think the key to it is, is not, putting your own personal opinions necessarily onto it. You know, you've got to look at who your customer base is. So, you know, some of that times, you know, like I've, I've seen films which I've thought, wow, that's just the greatest film out, but we won't play it because, you know, it's not commercial. Not our customer yeah. base. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. There's um, a lot of, like you were just saying before, like a lot of film festival, you get the privilege of being able to go and see a lot of these kind of really obscure titles that, you know, are trying to find some sort of distribution but yeah. exactly as you were saying, it's just kind of they're not, it's a mainstream cinema kind of game and these 
kind of aren't the movies we're really after but exactly exactly and so. it's it's yeah and that's the interesting part as well the, the amount of films being made is yeah, like we talk about how many films, like every week, you know, you're going to get two or three films released in the cinema. But, you know, that's a fraction of the films that are actually available out there. It's just yeah. you know, most of them don't, don't go anywhere near to sort of finding a marketplace for a cinema. Yeah, absolutely. And now, like, as well, I guess, with the advent of, like, streaming and stuff, there's just far more avenues for them to go. So they kind of don't. They don't yeah. all belong in cinema, but they definitely find an audience still anyway. So it's not 100% sad stories for all of them. But <laughs> No, exactly. And, you know, and that's some films, you know, they're not good enough to be played in a, in a cinema. People don't want to go out and spend their money. But uh, so to have that availability on another platform is, uh, yeah, I think it's okay myself. Yeah, nice. I'll jump in to some questions for you, Mike, and I'm, <laughs> I'm really excited to hear your answers on these just because I know how much of a cinema buff you are, much like myself. I'd like <laughs> because to say. they might be quite weird. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. But uh, as we all know, a trip to the cinema is, uh, is not complete without a pit stop at the candy bar on the way through. So what, uh, what snacks are you going to grab on the way in here today? <laughs> Look, uh, you can't go past the truck. Uh, chopped up, that's for sure. Uh, of course. You definitely need to have that. Uh, probably people have sort of worked this out already, but i originally from New Zealand. So uh, forget the Maltese. <laughs> you had to have a Jaffa. Oh, <laughs> yeah, okay, yes, yep. You know what Jaffas are? But... Yes. Yep. <laughs> so the, the orange, really, uh, uh, yep. the orange, like, yep. Yeah, they were the key and they used to get thrown down the uh, aisles the and aisles. stuff and make quite a lot of noise. Yes, um, and then sure. just the popcorn, yeah, it's fairly, fairly simple, I suppose, like yeah. candy bar requirements. Yeah. I think my biggest mistake has been proven to me a few times in recording these episodes, and that's my friends have seemed to work out that I always buy one size bigger than I need to get in the popcorn, so they won't buy one, and they'll wait till I get at a certain point in the movie and stop eating it and ask if I'm going to finish it, at which point <laughs> they'll save their $7 and uh, just finish the rest of the box yeah. I didn't eat. So. Yeah. I'll tell you what, actually. Uh, someone else said Chuck Tops the other day, and I never used to have them. I would just mainly just do popcorn and drinks. But that um, in 2017, I went to the movie convention on the Gold Coast. Oh, I've yeah. never eaten more Chuck Tops in my entire <laughs> life than that week when they're just free and there's a freezer there on the way in and you just pick up. <laughs> it doesn't seem the right thing to do. You're about to go in and watch a movie. So it does seem like the right thing to do. Off. And especially when you've got people in your ear like Shane and Ben telling me, yeah, get us one, get us one. And you come in with a handful <laughs> and no one wanted one. So you've just got <laughs> a shirt full of chalk tops and just no one to eat them. So someone had to do it, but it was me. Oh, okay. I think. You did well taking the, taking the one, <laughs> for one for the team. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, when you go to the movies, what's what's the preference you have for like the theatre you'll see it in? Do you go for just standard like traditional cinemas or are you going for the big screen or do you prefer the gold lounge where you get you know the food and drink delivery? I think it depends on the film. Um, you know, yeah. if you're going to see a big blockbuster, nothing better than seeing it on the big screen and a nice reclining seat and that sort of yeah. stuff. Um, but then saying that, you know, you get a little sort of indie sort of classic a foreign language even or something like that. And it's actually quite nice to be a little bit uh, yeah, you know, nice and sort of smaller and really get into it, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the, the cinemas that we worked at too recently, some of them have gone through a bit of a renovation and a, a bit of a technology 
upgrade. So the advent of things like Dolby Atmos is, uh, for me, that's definitely a big draw card. If I know it's going to be played in that format, I'll definitely seek out um, seeing it that way. Uh, and, and it makes a difference incredible. on those big films, you know. Like, and that's the thing, you know. Some films they don't; they're not made with Dolby Atmos, so it's not such an issue or that sort of yeah. thing. But, uh, you know, we spoke earlier on about um, you know the the whole size of the IMAX and films being made for IMAX and that sort of stuff, and yeah. that's one thing. But you know, the the large format, premium large format screens now, um, they're just great to watch. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's coming out. That's yeah. for sure. Do you do you remember the first movie you ever saw at the movies? Um, <laughs> you're just trying to work out how old I am. <laughs> of course, it's yes. very old based on yeah. this one. We're trying to work out if it was and in I, color I, or not. I, I think this is it, but I don't know whether it's one of those sort of memories I have or whatever. But I think Chitty Chitty Bang Bang was actually oh, the, the first film. I remember seeing that unbelievably young kid. Yeah. Um, I was, yeah, brought up in a really small town, so you know the one picture theater with the big screen and that sort of stuff. Yeah, and yeah, just remember that and Dick Van Dyke and yeah, nice. <laughs> Did you find that scary as a kid to see that? Yes. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. What do you think it was for you that it was like the scary? Well, I suppose because you know they were after the kids and that sort of stuff. So yeah, but it was, and it's just the whole experience. You know, it'd be overwhelming. Yeah. Once again, you know, you think back. Yeah, that film was released, uh, that was early 70s, um, I think. And, uh, you know, a TV would have only been sort of, you know, sort of 30 30 centimetres just about wide and that sort of stuff. So suddenly go to a cinema and see, you know, massive things on the big screen. Yeah. Yeah. It was a phenomenal, like, yeah, I, I remember loving it. But yes, I definitely got scared by it. That's for sure. Um, can, what's a movie that you can remember more for the experience of seeing the movie more? You remember that more than the actual movie? Yeah. Look, I I did quite a bit of when I finished university. I went travelling and that sort of stuff, and did a lot of backpacking. And um, I remember watching a Clockwork Orange in this yes. little cinema in Argentina. Okay, and uh, it was yeah, just something about it because pretty sure at that stage, a Clockwork Orange had been banned in New Zealand, so you couldn't see oh, it. Oh, you're so, kidding! You know, so you know, I'd never seen it before. First time I saw it, and yeah, uh, yeah that was just quite amazing, really. And other yeah, people cool. there, and yeah, was uh, it um, think, in English or had it been dubbed? Or no, sometime? it was in English. No, it was yeah. different in English. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, and I can still, I suppose, you know, and then you look at, you know, some of the big blockbusters that have come out, you know, the Avatar, you know, when that came out in 3D, that was, yeah. you know, seriously, that was an experience and a half. It was, to me, that's, you know, what 3D should have always been. It wasn't about sort of spears yeah. and everything coming at you. It was just that whole immersive view yeah. that you got, which was just amazing. So, yeah. And then we've got the we've got two, three, four, and five to look forward to over the yeah, next exactly. decade. Here, right? so. <laughs> yeah, which is going to be interesting to see. You know, like I'm looking forward to them, but you know, the the whole three D side of things is quite different yeah. now as well. So, and I believe they're in um, the high frame rate technology that they developed for the Hobbit, but I think it's all rebranded again, right? Like it's just going to be three D yeah. and not really made much of a fuss of, right? Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, I think so. Um. Films based on like books, novels, that kind of thing. Do you 
are you someone that kind of reads the book or looks at the source material before you see a film or do you take any notice of it after you've seen it perhaps? Yeah, a bit of both, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, the, I think my top film actually is one that uh, definitely has sure. the, uh, the book side of it as well. Yes. Uh, which, yeah, we, we can sort of get to. But, um, yeah, another one is, you know, I remember The English Patient reading. The, I read the book first. And to be honest, I didn't really like it at all, but I enjoyed the movie where I know other people have been the other way around. Yeah. Uh, um, so, yeah, I'm both ways on it. I, sometimes I watch it before, sometimes I watch it afterwards. Um, and I honestly probably don't think one way or the other is better or not. It's probably all based on the source material. And, the, yeah. or, for, you know, for the number one film, I, like I love them both, the book and yeah. the movie. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think, like, uh, I know some people usually get really upset about this and the book's always better than the movie and stuff like that, but do you do you really think they're, like, actually evenly matched to be, like, kind of judged here? I know that it's the same, like, story kind of thing, but I really think that it's kind of like an unfair almost yeah. point kind of thing. Look, I think it is... A- <laughs> It depends, and this really comes down to the writing of the book more than anything else. Some books are just, it's all about the written word, you know, and you get into that, and it's just really hard to put it on the big screen. Yeah. Where, you know, other books, you know, which sort of don't rely so much on the wordplay, I think they can work on the uh, big screen fine. Yeah. So that's why I think a lot of people get, like, hung up in that argument too is the there might be like a detail but it's like half a page of describing an action and in a movie that's something that takes a second you know and then someone's like oh in the book all this happened and it's like well it still happened it just didn't take you yeah exactly yeah and you don't yeah and that's what i'm saying some of them you get that feel you can as you're reading it you just get the feeling of the whole thing you know but you're absolutely right that might only be a five second sort of piece even within the book but it's a whole page you know the way yeah. they've written about it and everything in behind it and yeah and that's pretty hard to get up on the big screen so yeah i agree well uh it looks like your first trailer's coming up so we'll, we'll take a quick look at that and it's for the film jojo rabbit poor jojo what's wrong little man hi adolf want to tell me about that rabbit incident what was all that about They wanted me to kill it. I'm sorry. I couldn't. Don't worry about it. I couldn't care less. But now they call me a scared rabbit. Let them say whatever they want. People used to say a lot of nasty things about me. Oh, this guy's a lunatic. Oh, look at that psycho. He's going to get us all killed. I'll let you in on a little secret. The rabbit is no coward. The humble little bunny faces a dangerous world every day, hunting carrots for his family, for his country. My empire will be full of all animals. Lions, giraffes, zebras, rhinoceroses, octopuses, rhinoctopuses, even the mighty rabbit. Cigarette? Oh, no thanks, I don't smoke. An absolute classic by Mr. Taika Waititi. Ah, he's a god. Isn't he? Yeah, look, and to be honest, I could probably have chosen a couple of other of his films, um, yeah. you know, as, as one of the favourites. You know, like I love Boy, 
mm-hmm. Hunt for the Wilder People, even Eagle versus Shark was uh, was great as well. And then, you know, Thor Ragnarok was just brilliant. Um, but I suppose what I liked about this one was how he sort of went to that extra level in terms of the whole storyline and sort of putting himself in there as the role of Hitler, mm-hmm. um, you know, which I know upset a few people and that sort of side yes. of it. Yes. Um, but, you know, when you watch the film, I just, I got, I think I got, and I think most Australians and New Zealanders especially, get yeah. where he was coming from on it. Yeah, and 100%. he wasn't sort of making out as if Hitler was a great funny guy or anything like that. He was actually completely mocking Yes, Hitler and you know that sort of side of it, and yeah, uh, um, yeah, I just thought it was really well made. The kids in it, um, mm-hmm. excellent, excellent, yeah. So good. I, the the best friend I just realised the other day. Well, actually, yeah, the other day when I was looking up some stuff about this, is uh, just been cast as the. I don't know if it's the same character, but he's the Home Alone reboot. The the young friend. Ah, Archie. right. Okay. Yeah, Yorkie. Um, yeah, yes. So, yeah, Yorkie. Sorry, not Archie. What did I say? Well, Archie's his uh, name. I think it's Archie. Right. It's, sorry. <laughs> yes, that is his real name. Sorry, yes. Um, which I thought was quite exciting, and I think that'll be really yeah. cool to see on the screen because uh, that little kid seemed like <laughs> yeah. just the biggest sweetheart kid that just wants to go home and cuddle his mum, as he says in the movie. <laughs> but it was great. I um, I saw this one overseas in, I think I saw it in Finland, maybe. Oh yeah. Uh, in English, but had it had two different sets of subtitles going across the bottom. So at the very beginning, I felt like I was kind of distracted, but then immediately forgot about it because I was yeah. just, I, I don't know, man. He's just, he's on fire. Like I just everything yeah. he does just turns. It's the way to he makes films him. now as well. Like he's got that yeah. humor in it, but at the same time, yeah, you know, there's also there's more than just the humor in behind everything. Like even Thor Ragnarok, you know, like yep. very funny film, but there's a lot more to it than just that. And uh, yeah, yeah. I tell you what, I'm still gutted that uh, through work I got sent to the Thor Ragnarok premiere, and the only person I met was Chris Hemsworth. When the only person I wanted to meet was Taika Waititi, <laughs> I still filthy about that. <laughs> I reckon I was the only person that left angry because I met Chris Hemsworth and not to title. <laughs> but uh, film two has um, like a lot of like pretty deep and like unexpected moments. I think too, like yeah, particularly, exactly. It's exactly. been out for a while, so we can spoil it. But I think yeah, yeah well, shoes being yeah, set up and then um, and and it hits you as well. And I think that's what I like about it. You know, you've got that the sort yeah. of uh, the humorous side running through, but uh, when yeah, you know, the key thing when the square, you know, you know yeah, it actually gives you a real wallop, I reckon, in terms yeah, of absolutely. Uh, you know, the sort of punch and going, wow. I um I looked up a little bit of trivia as I was saying, and to what you were talking about before about how the Australians really got Tycho, what he was going for with Hitler and stuff. There's some quotes of him saying when he was asked why he was the person portraying Hitler, he just said, uh he just didn't seem like someone that was worth doing accurate research on, so it didn't matter who played him. Uh, and then there's also a bit of stuff about how he smokes and uh, he's eating meat, but in real life he was an avid non-smoker and vegetarian. But it doesn't matter because he wasn't a nice guy, so he didn't care to misrepresent him, which I thought was quite funny. So, I think there's actually there's something he says as well, isn't there, where he talked about how he couldn't think of anyone better to play Hitler than a... Um, Polynesian Jew, Poly- yeah. Polynesian I didn't know he was Jew, Jewish, yeah. which is amazing <laughs> when you find that out. Yeah, it's crazy. 
Uh, it was so good. This one you can probably answer two ways. So best uh, soundtrack and best original score in a movie. What films stand out to, as those for you? Look, uh, best score, I, yeah, honestly, I don't think I can go past Star Wars. Okay, yeah. John, John Williams. Williams. Yeah, 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 just you know, phenomenal. Um, in terms of the best, uh, best music, though, probably two sort of relative, two relatively recent films, Baby Driver by yes. um, Edgar, yeah, Edgar Wright. Wright. Yep. Um, I just, yeah, that, that, that was another film that could have been one of my top ones as well. And what yeah. I loved about that is how it's, the music is choreographed to the action as well. So yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, the guy's walking down the street and it's all in with the beat of the music. And and beat, the yeah. And yeah, just, that was brilliant. Um, and just, just for a straight sort of music side of things of the songs, um, 500 days of summer. Oh yeah. That does have a great soundtrack. Yeah, it? yeah. Yeah. It does that really a good, good soundtrack with, um, so yeah. Yeah. That is a good one. The, um, did you ever see, did you go to the Hans Zimmer concert when he came through Australia or New Zealand? Sorry, the which one? The Hans Zimmer when he came with no, the orchestra. No, I didn't. Didn't go. no. I, I bought some tickets and went to that when he came through, and that was that was absolutely unreal. I, I um, he doesn't have like pictures and stuff from the movie going on with, but he just introduces them and what movie they're from and stuff. And yeah, but hearing it live with that orchestra was yeah, is yeah. awesome. Yeah, well, we went. Um, Ben and I went to um, uh, the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra mm-hmm. doing the Star Wars. Oh, uh, cool! At the Palais in Melbourne, and uh, yeah, that was just amazing. Just yeah, you know, the whole thing. They had the movie. They did have the movie. Yeah, that's the one where they play the movie, and then they actually yeah, live yeah, play the. Yeah, yeah that was great. Awesome. That was really good. I have. I would love to go to one like that. I think I saw. There's like a, maybe a Harry Potter one or something yeah, coming up. Yeah shortly so i might have a look at trying to go to one of those i think because it sounds unreal um what about the best looking film you could do that two ways so uh the camera movements are all amazing and look really cool or everything within the frame uh stands out as being really good looking costume sets location stuff like that yeah best looking film um i yeah look uh, i think a lot of the best looking films, apart from when you've got the massive landscapes and that sort of stuff playing. Um, but, you know, I'd, I'd sort of go with something like Blade Runner or, you know, even okay. Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. Um, which I think just looked absolutely amazing. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of the sort of the big sci-fi sort of things have that sort of yeah. side to it, you know. For sure. Um, and uh, the two ones you just said too are like have a lot of practical elements. Like it isn't entirely CG yeah. for those landscapes too, which I think helps sell yeah. it and probably adds to the realism and the enjoyment of the the aesthetic of it as well. I guess. Yeah, and then like a really old one, um, Lawrence of Arabia. I don't know yes. if you've seen that, but when it comes over the uh, sort of hills and stuff like that, you know, that's it's just that epicness, I suppose, which I think is yeah, yeah, when you get that right, yeah. Yeah, and they're also films too that are now really rare and made an event of in terms of how they were shown, like the seventy yep. millimeter kind exactly. of stuff. That's yeah, that's real event kind of stuff. If you go to the movies to see that now, but back in the day when they came out, that was just 
mm. part of the mechanics of how it was done and it wasn't anything special but yeah but yeah i think if i ever i've never seen lawrence of arabia but i think if i had the opportunity and i knew there was like a i guess a filmic showing i think i'd definitely seek one out to, to yeah see exactly talking about exactly and that, like that's yeah you know, we talked earlier on about you know see things on the big screen that's something you need to that's see why you do it yeah, yeah exactly uh how about the funniest film you've ever seen what do you think's the funniest film yeah well that's my number two um oh, okay but- <laughs> <laughs> we'll circle back uh, uh, yeah, no, look, I, oh, I suppose it's my sense of humour and that sort of stuff, but, uh, yeah, you know, other ones sort of similar to what my number two is, uh, you know, Naked Gun uh, oh. sort of stuff, you know, I just, yeah, that still just sort of cracks me up every time I see it. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I remember watching Borat at the Australian Movie Convention and uh, they played that oh, about 10 o'clock at night after yeah. everyone had been out for a few drinks and that's it. <laughs> crowd really honestly, I had to watch the film again because you couldn't hear most of it yeah. because everyone was just laughing so much. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, silly sense of humour sort of stuff. I love all that. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That that would That's Borat's 2006-ish, I want to say, right? Oh, yeah, it would probably be around about that, yeah. Yeah. I'll double check. 2006, yeah. There you go. A 10 p.m. showing. I am impressed. (laughs) Goodness. (laughs) Um, All right. Well, what about the opposite of that? What's the saddest film that you've ever seen? Oh, the saddest film. Uh, So that's not bad, sad. It's just sad. Yeah. Well, it can be whatever you want, really. Well, I didn't want to mention it in the conversation. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the saddest, the saddest film. Okay, let me have a think on that one. There's, it's funny and funny. There is a um, a film that, I, to this day, I cannot remember the name of it. I remember watching it on television when I was young, and it sort of finishes with the soldier who'd been lost and came in with lost his leg and walks down the aisle of the church and. Yeah, yeah, right. I think it's the first one I remember, like crying emotionally too, and that yeah. sort of stuff. But um, I've got no idea what that was. With that film too, the one you were just describing, is that something? Did you say you saw that on television or at the yeah. theater? Yeah. yeah, no, it was it on, on television. It was, yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, black I and think white, that black and white film. Yeah, I, I, I just think if you see that the movies too, that's also a big part of remembering it. I think just yeah. because of what we were talking about before, like the scale and the, the presentation and stuff, and probably sticks with you a bit more because yeah. you kind of made the effort to go out and buy the ticket and stuff, I guess. But if I guess it, like we just said on television, it's it's just something you flick past and yeah, exactly. just land on it so you're not really sure what it is when it even started. But, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, look, you know, there's obviously, you know, films like The Colour Purple and that sort of stuff, I think, which, you know. It's, it's the probably, film. When, I, when I sort of think of the sad films, I think of sad and the theme of the film and that sort of side of it, you know, and uh, how, you know, some of these things can, you know, that they're portrayed, how it can be, ha- how it can happen. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um. I've never asked you about this before, but do you, what horror films are you, what's the scariest film you've ever seen? Um, yeah. Do you do it? You don't do it. You're not big on my horror oh, films. No, not really. I must admit. Yeah. I, I, I'm not a, 
don't watch horror films, but I'm not a. Yeah. a, a it's a, not my first choice. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm yeah. the same. I, um, um, but the the scariest one is actually probably the first horror film I went to was um, uh, Friday the Thirteenth. Okay. Yeah. And, um, so I was brought up in a like a pretty small town of about five thousand and that sort of stuff, and uh, went and watched it with a mate, and there was hardly anyone else in the theater. And yeah. uh, have you seen it? Uh, I think I've only seen a remake. I don't know that I've right, seen okay, the original. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's sort of, you know, the whole way through you're on your edge and that sort of stuff. Yeah. And so, like, I'm sitting there clutching the bloody, you know, armrest. armrest <laughs> and, stuff. and then you sort of think it's all over right at the end. And I'm going to give, I'll, I'll do a spoiler on this one because if you haven't seen it by now, tough luck. Um, <laughs> and so, they're out, so, you know, it's everything's over and they're out on the lake and they lie down on the boat. They sort of wake up and you sort of, you know, I managed to unclench my, you know, hands and sort of start relaxing. And then Jason jumps out of the water. <laughs> Seriously, I think I shifted about three rows. <laughs> I went yeah. so high. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now I always remember that as being one of the, uh, definitely one of the scariest ones that I've ever seen. Yeah. I, uh, I always remember one of the first horror films I saw, like theatrically, was the first paranormal activity yeah and i they're just not at the time they weren't for me i'm coming around on them but i just remember seeing the kid doing the cinema checks and just wishing that that were me so that i could walk out of the room and not have to <laughs> go into the cinema next door and just immediately see something a bit happier a bit lighter but yeah it was the same i think i think i was holding on for dear life the entire oh, time yeah. i've never yeah, wanted yeah, the credits was to great. They, were good. they were really yeah they're really well done all those sort of films but it's just yeah, are, yeah yeah and they all turn massive profits because they're made for next to nothing too yeah, exactly. which is yeah. i wish i had the 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 uh the creativity to have thought of and and mm. done that i think mm. um has a film ever made you mad i think we kind of just were talking about that like the content of it where like the emotion is up and it it causes a reaction, but has it ever made you mad? Um, has it made me mad? Uh, look, possibly a film that, I, yeah, which made me really mad <laughs> was uh, Shyamalan's The Village. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And, oh, God, that just annoyed. I'd See, I don't know yeah. if I'm mad or just annoying, but I was just yeah. furious afterwards going, I watched that. Yeah, piece of rubbish just for that, and um, yeah. yeah, no, that's sort of one of his lesser twists. I think that yeah. one too, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, exactly. You could sort of see it. It was just, a, it was just a bloody annoying. Once again, I suppose it's that sad, mad sort of similar similarity in some ways. Um, yeah. But in terms of just being mad for the sake of not liking the film or something like that, and even though you know, I'm probably do sort of merge a little bit more towards the art house side of things. There was a film a few years ago called Hidden um, by a guy, uh, Michael Haneke. And it's, people rave about it. I saw it at a film festival and uh, seriously, two hours I'll never get back. And um, yeah. Yeah, and that just annoyed me. It annoyed me more when everyone else was going, and a typical film festival thing, everyone's going on about how wonderful this was and that was. And the only thing that happens is in the last two minutes of the film, something happens which then makes you go, oh, okay, so that's what that was all about. Before then, it's just like, oh, God. It's a bit of drag, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so I get angry at that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, There's not yeah. enough groundwork or enough given to kind of justify the ending kind of thing. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. 
you know, you, you get badly made films and that sort of stuff, and uh, you know, but I don't get mad at them. So sure, very good. All right, I'll jump on to your your second movie trailer now, and it is Cinema Paradisia. Tu qua non ci devi venire. Ma come te lo devo fare capire? Se può sapere come è a parlare. Se prende fuoco la pellicola, ha come sei piccolo tu, fai una vampata sola. Boom! E diventa un pezzo di carbone. Mm. Minchia che lingua lunga che hai. Un giorno l'auto ti taglio. Proprio così. Me lo posso prendere? Mm. Allora me lo posso prendere? Me lo posso prendere? No! And I have not seen this, but I've looked it up and read about it, and I cannot believe I haven't because it just sounds like a real cinema lover's kind of movie. And yeah. specifically, like, the actual cinema, not so much the movies, but the actual cinema. Um, I think I understand why you might have liked it. Is that <laughs> the case? Yeah, it's, look, it's definitely a film. Yeah, it's, it's about a young boy in this little tiny village is me sort of saying it after talking about my small town, but this is even smaller than that. Um, and, you know, how he sort of makes friends with the local projectionist and uh, it's it's just one of those just uh, the only one. I, I keep telling people it's just a beautiful film. It's, you know, the, the passion once again for film, which both yeah. the projectionist has and the young boy. Yeah. And, um, it's, it's, it's foreign language. It actually won the... Oscar for the um, foreign language film, but yeah. It's, yeah, it's 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 just a really really nice film. And if you like cinema, yeah, and you're passionate about film, you know, I just I think you'd love this. Yeah, and it's definitely almost like a, a history piece because it's it's not the way things are done anymore either. Like that, no, exactly that entire, I guess, aspect of its plot or what they what they love about cinema really isn't something that exists in many places uh, yeah. anymore it's kind of no, and, and, and the story as well it's 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 told because it's set when this you know mostly when this young kid but it sort of starts off with the older version of the kid coming back into the village and yeah. you know, he's a successful uh you know film director and that sort of stuff so yeah. You sort of know that. Sounds like my life already. Yeah, and I just think that's it's just, yeah, yeah, really, yeah. really quite cool because he, even though things haven't changed as much as what they have now from the digital age back to the incident, yeah. you know, there's still that sort of sort of movement from, you know, what he was doing to where he's at now. Mm-hmm. Do you know, has Cam seen this, do you know? Because I imagine Cam would be all over this. And if oh. you watched it with him, he could a thousand percent, oh, I know exactly what that figure yeah. is. <laughs> He likes that wrong. It's back to front, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. So you probably pick something up that this wasn't Absolutely. quite right. Where I just looked at yes. it. And, oh, wow, <laughs> yeah. Cool. <laughs> it came out in 80, 88, I've got. Yeah. Um, but it's not set then. I don't think it's not set in eighty eight. It's set much earlier. Yeah, it is. Um, I'm not because sure. I think I saw they're talking. It's nitrate film and stuff they're talking about. Not. Yeah, and see, that's stuff. the thing. I think when he's the older person it's roughly around about that time 
Yeah. But because he goes back to when he's young, so no, it's you know definitely a lot earlier than that. It's yeah. probably you know like late 50s, 60s, sort sure. of would have thought roughly. Right. Sort of maybe even earlier. It's sort of not too far outside the you know after the war. Yeah. And it's it sounds like it's kind of almost slightly uh biographical. Um the f- director is a man called uh Giuseppe uh, (laughs) yep that's the one I said Uh, but it's filmed in his hometown and in and around the theatre and uh, kind of places he used to go as a child too so it sounds like the movie if it's not written by the same guy I'm not sure but if it's not his love letter he's put his own bit on it by taking it to his own hometown and stuff I guess too well exactly yeah, I'm pretty sure he, he did write it as well. So yeah, okay, I'll definitely have to add this one to the watch yeah, list. On no, and check okay, it as, a, as I said, if you like, if you like film, and which obviously you do, and that sort of stuff, and you know, you've been involved in the cinema world, you know, sort of from the you know, the back end and that sort of stuff. I yeah, just think it's really sweet. I'll jump on again, Mike. I've got a couple more questions for you before your third trailer. Um, I think I know the answer to this one, but do you do you watch films or do you take notice of the films that are winning awards or garnering nominations and stuff? And is that usually to you a, a sign of a film that is has good quality or something you might enjoy? Yeah, look, look honestly, yes, it, yeah, I, I do like to sort of, you know, be aware of what films are. I'd like to go and see them and, and I suppose, you know, critique them and sort of see, you know. But at the same time, it comes back to where we spoke earlier about the role that I'm in is, you know, just because it's a sort of a wonderful film, it might not be necessarily to your right. taste. Yeah, exactly. Or, yeah, or my taste or for our audience's taste. Yeah. So, you know, you've always got to take that into consideration. But, um, no, I enjoy, I enjoy, I love watching sort of films and seeing, you know, you don't always agree with them. You sort of wonder how the hell did that thing get there. But, um, yeah. And I know in your role too, you kind of you probably see a lot of films earlier than critics are allowed to review them and stuff in the first place. So I know occasionally, a few times, I've been lucky enough to see something, you know, a couple of weeks or months out from its um, public release and stuff. But even if that's the case and you've seen it that way, do you ever find yourself looking at reviews after to see if they kind of agreed with your thoughts? on the film <laughs> i'd love to say no i'm not that shallow because <laughs> that's exactly what i do yeah, yeah. oh yeah. god did i get that wrong yeah. <laughs> yep yeah, I'm, there. I'm there too um what is a what's a film that you can't believe you haven't seen tell me one film i haven't seen but yeah. i can believe it is uh, Titanic. <laughs> oh, I really? Not, i have not seen yeah. titanic and honestly i have no interest in it yeah um I suppose when you know how the story ends, it's um, yeah, I couldn't see the point of it, frankly. <laughs> yeah, okay, very good. I had um, someone else say that Titanic the other day too when I asked that, so I'm oh, actually yeah. quite surprised that a, a, few, a few people I've asked now haven't seen it. I really thought. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm surprised you haven't seen it, actually. I, I <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. No, I, 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 yeah, I can't really think of, I suppose... Yeah, I haven't I haven't seen all the Marvel films mm-hmm. um, and that sort of side of it. Yeah, it's like I quite enjoy them. I don't, and I think they're well made films in general. But um, yeah, once again, it's just one of those things. Um, is there a film you've seen you really loved it? Uh, you might have seen it recently or some time ago, 
you've come back to watch it another time and you've you've kind of second guessed your your initial opinion of it. it it's not as great maybe the second time you're watching it not really look there's some films which you know sort of i watched when i was really young and that sort of stuff and you watch them again and you know they just don't stack up in terms of the you know the way it's been made and all that sort sure. of stuff but no I, I can't think of anything offhand all right, we'll move on then. What uh, what movie surprised you the most? You kind of went in not expecting much and came out really glad it had been something you'd seen. I, I think um, there's a couple of films there. Um, once again, it's probably just because of the way the films are, but um, I thought Argo. Okay, yeah, the um, Ben Affleck film. Ben Affleck film, yeah. At the time when he sort of came out with that, you know, Ben was a little bit, uh, a little bit woofy. Yeah. Um, and wasn't expecting anything from it, and just I, I really enjoyed that film. It's yeah. sort of the film that pretty much you know what happens when you go in, mm-hmm. and you know you're sitting on the edge of your seat, sort of you know wondering what's going to happen, which doesn't make sense because you know what's going to happen. But you know, I thought that was yeah. really well done. Um, so I've got probably another couple of films with sort of similar sort of things is uh, Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think the films that sort of just grab you and they just, you know, just really nice sort of storylines yeah. and you know, really well acted. Um, yeah, that was good. And um, I think that one's a bit of a, a sneaky one too because it does look like it would be this just obscure indie one too. But it actually, I think when yeah. you watch it, is kind of really. It's probably more mainstream, I think, than a lot of people. Exactly, like and I think that, that's the thing. I sort of went into it thinking, "Oh, little Miss Sunshine," you know. Um, yes, yeah. it's it's so, um, uh, you know, it's it's a sort of film that anyone can get into. It's not you don't need to be an art house aficionado or anything like yeah. that. It's just yeah, it was made really, really well. I'll move on to your third and final trailer now. <clears throat> this film is. Airplane, but depending on where you are and where in Australia and the New Zealand region, it's called Flying High. <laughs> Flight 209er, you are cleared for takeoff. Roger. Huh? LA departure frequency 123.9. Roger. Huh? Request vector. Over. What? Flight 209er, clear for vector 324. We have clearance, Clarence. Roger, Roger. What's our vector, Victor? Tower radio clearance over. That's Clarence over. Over. Roger. Huh? Roger, over. What? Hey! Who? Yeah, yeah. Look, I think flying high and airplane, whichever way we want to call it, um, it was you know just one of the first ones that came out that was just that completely stupid slapstick sort of humour, and there yeah. were just so many great one-liners in it, and um, uh, you know Peter Graves was, was, um, the captain was just absolutely brilliant. It's just it's one of those ones. I and that's a film you know, like I watch that on a regular basis. Yeah. And you know, I can you know you can quote lots of lines, and I still laugh every time they come yeah. on. When you I know the punchline, you know the setup, but it's still yeah, just as funny exactly. As the first it's just so well, so well done. Yeah, so well done. It is. Um, I think this film is largely uh, kind of imitated and copied now in in newer, and yeah. definitely a lot of the years following its initial release in the in the eighties. I think it was nineteen eighty. Um, and it definitely started a trend of that type of comedy and stuff as well, which was cool to see. But I also think this is the film that started the trend of why people always never eat the fish when flying, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, which has been a smart choice. <laughs> so yeah, I bet I was asking little say. boys if they've been to a Turkish bath, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I watched a quick, uh, just before we come on, I watched that uh, compilation of all those one-liners in the cockpit where he's just talking to that little boy and asking ridiculous <laughs> questions. Have you heard the story about how this has three directors? Uh, the Zuckers. And, uh, and, and Abrahams, Abraham. Jim Abrahams. Yeah. No, and so they had this issue with the DJ who is has the ruling over how a final film is credited and, I didn't know this, but apparently there's some stipulations and it's quite tough to even have two people direct a film. And uh, this is quite technical, I guess, but when have you ever noticed in the credits sometimes it's written by and there's heaps of names and sometimes it's two names, but in the middle of it it's the ampersand, like the and symbol. And then other times it's A-N-D is, so if it's ampersand, it's a team. Uh, but if it's and, it's an additional person that doesn't work with the okay. other two, which I didn't know, which is apparently a writer's guild thing. But then the director's thing didn't have anything where they could have one or more directors and it didn't look like they were going to get approval to do it. So at one point, I think it's one of the Zuckers legally changed their name to uh, Abraham Zucker to try and be able to get them uh, right, okay, credited. Yeah. Uh, but eventually they <clears throat> yielded and allowed the, all three of them to be credited oh. as directors for the film. But I've gone and had a, a look at a few other things just after I found that out, and I did not notice how many of them are like credited films yeah. like that, especially writers. It seems to be pretty um, yeah. prominent where there's quite a few on it. So ampersand means it's a team and separated by an A&D means it's an individual, not part of the team. But uh I've learned something new today. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and uh, how about this? So as we said at the start, depending on where you watch the film, this movie is almost has a different title in every country it's released in. So in Australia and New Zealand, we're flying high. <clears throat> Germany, it's the incredible trip in a crazy aeroplane. <laughs> very long, very wordy. <laughs> Italian, so, so, it's so the... humorous of those Germans. Eh? <laughs> yeah. In Italian, it's the craziest plane in the world. <laughs> In French, it's, is there a pilot on the plane? Uh, in Polish, it's, is the pilot flying with us? In Spanish, it's land as you can. And in Czech, it's fasten your seatbelts, please. So really. Unbelievable. I didn't know it had that many. No. I know sometimes I... they have a variation of the words, but that's just, that's, <laughs> that's like they had a brainstorm to title it and they said, yeah, we'll just go with all of them. So each country yeah. gets one kind of thing. But <laughs> I always thought it was something to do. The reason was yeah, there was Airport 70, Airplane 77 or um, that film about the sort of, you know, the going to crash and that sort of stuff. And okay. I thought they were trying to, that's, that was what I always thought that they called it flying yeah, high to get yeah. away from that. But, the, I I couldn't find the only thing I could find why is it's made at Paramount Pictures I believe and yeah. Michael Eisner was there at the time and he's the guy that ended up heading up Disney yeah Oof. he's like the second last guy that headed it up now I think oh, There's one yeah. guy between him no it doesn't matter but apparently it sounds like he was there at the time and he was very didn't like anything they were coming up with so yeah every territory seemed to get a different name which was quite yeah bizarre. Well, it, it's in, I, I think one of the one of the good things is it just shows no matter what the name the film still delivered you know oh absolutely yeah 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 you know, whether it, you call it flying high or airplane it was you know or 
all of those other ones. All those other ones. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's the humor sort of came out. Yeah. Oh, and apparently it was shot under the title Kentucky Fried Aeroplane. So it even changed between being made. <laughs> right. Well, that's that's interesting. I, I don't know if you've ever seen Kentucky Fried Movie. No. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Very it sounds like a legal problem maybe from the movie, but I think yeah, a certain yeah, kernel might have a bigger problem. Uh, roughly yeah. around the same time as well, I'm assuming. So yeah. it might have been something to do with that. Uh, I've got a couple more before we jump onto your main movie, and this one's the important question. Okay. So who plays Mike Vile in the Mike Vile biopic? <laughs> Probably someone that's not very good. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, look, I'd probably go with someone like uh, Christian Bale because he can put on some weight pretty easily, so that's good. <laughs> All right. We'll lock that one in. <laughs> we'll give Adam McKay a phone call and he'll come to a picture for him, I think. Uh, do you have a favourite character from film? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think my favourite character is actually... Uh, is he going to be in your top that? film? Is he going to be in your top film? Do you want to come No, no, time? it's not actually. No? Kaiser okay. Sose. Oh, from the usual suspects. suspects. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, probably I'm one sure. of the greatest endings of a movie of all time, yeah, not to give it away, but I feel like yeah. that's often how that movie's always brought up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Kaiser Sose. One of the better ones, that's for sure. But, uh, yes. yeah, like, uh, yeah. um, Kevin Spacey, obviously, uh, interesting uh, background now, but uh, yeah, the guy could act. Yeah, absolutely. And Brian Singer, the director as well, unfortunately. Exactly. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a great merger, uh, <laughs> no, no, was it? Yes. Um, do you have a a favorite filmmaker? Like someone they're making the movie, and it doesn't matter what it is, you're going to go see it because they they made it. Um, look, I think Tyker's probably in that category these yeah. days. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I would just go and see anything that he's got. You know, you've always got the, the classics of the uh, Spielbergs and that sort of side of it. But yeah. um, I'd want to see them, but I don't know if I'd be that disappointed if I didn't yeah. see the next film as such. Well, yeah. I think with Tyker, I'd just, yeah, sort of just jump at the chance and just say, right, I'm giving it a go regardless. And I think even if it didn't work, it'd still you'd still have a laugh watching it. Yeah, you know? yeah. exactly. Yeah. Do you have a film that you just... You said airplane is one you come back to all the time, but is there a film you have, you know, at Christmas, birthdays, like anniversaries and stuff like that, like a film you just watch on special occasions? No, I don't really think so. I suppose because I yeah. see so many films. Yeah. Um, you know, there's always, there's always something else to see. So yeah. um, I have like, films like that, um, you know, that I've watched um, quite a few times. <sighs> But no, I, yeah, no, I, I honestly can't think of something that I would do like a special occasion type film. All right, we'll move on now to your favourite and number one <laughs> film, and it is One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Cheswick, mm. you're voluntary. Mm-hmm. Scanlon. Billy, for Christ's sakes, you must be committed, right? No, 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 no. Um, um, you're just a young kid. What are you doing here? You ought to be out in a convertible, bird dogging chicks and banging beaver. What are you doing here, for Christ's sake? What's funny about that? Well, 
Jesus, I mean, you guys do nothing but complain about how you can't stand it in this place here, and then you haven't got the guts just to walk out? I mean, what do you think you are, for Christ's sake, crazy or something? Mm-hmm. Well, you're not. <laughs> you're not. You're no crazier than the average asshole out walking around on the streets, and that's it. Jesus Christ, I can't even believe it. Absolute classic of a film. Yeah, 1975 by uh, <coughs> Milos uh, Foreman. Milos. 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 Yeah. Uh, did you, is this one you saw theatrically? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, obviously it's, you know, a well-recognised film in terms of, you know, won the Oscars and everything like that. Yeah. But, um, and also based on a book, but... It was just, I don't know, I think it's just Jack Nicholson is absolute ultimate. He is just brilliant in yeah. this. Um, and all the characters around it as well. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I remember watching it and just being sort of blown away by, by you know, every everything in it. Um, and then, you know, you talked earlier on about the books. So yeah. I think that this is one where I read the book afterwards. Okay, yeah. And I loved the book. But I actually think it made the film even better. Yeah, okay. By knowing it, because um, I'm not sure. Have you read or? Did you I haven't read the book. Read no, I haven't. Okay. Yeah. The the book, like the film, is all about Jack Nicholson's character, yeah. and it's all written, you know, via his perspective. The book is actually from the perspective of um, Chief Chief. Okay. Yeah. A big, a big Indian uh, American yeah. Indian. Character. So the book is from his perspective, sure. Sort of looking on and talking about the things that you know uh, Randall Randall is uh, getting up to. Where the yeah. movie they sort of switched it around and they made it from Randall's perspective. And yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. That's sort of, that blew me away. And now I sort of watch that film, yeah. sort of thinking both ways. Yeah, it's a film too. Like if I ever see. Um... Not that I encourage the people to do this, but if you ever just see like clips have been cut out and put on YouTube and stuff, you could just watch those. And I always just think like when you see it, like sometimes when Jack Nicholson isn't saying anything, he's just in the scene. Yeah. Just some of the cutaways that they go to him where he doesn't say anything. You could just like, even if they just kept it on him and you just heard everything else going on, like some of his reactions, I think alone would be enough yeah. to sustain people's attention and enjoyment for an entire yeah. film like I think yeah, he's, he, he's got, it's, he, he, he i think jack nicholson in general is like that he's something about him whereas you said he doesn't need to be talking and doing all that but he's just got that yeah. presence it's 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 so cool to watch and it's yeah it's it's it is a good one i, I might have to look out the book now that you've yeah look uh, as i said that, it's, it's I just worth because you know the, know the film story so well yeah and then, as I said, because they flipped it around and, uh, you know, for them to, when they were making the movie, to sort of say, right, okay, let's rewrite it in a different, completely different way. Yeah, it's clever. And I, I think, I mean, I haven't read the book, as I said, but I think for the film it definitely works because it's it's in a lot of lists of films you must see before you die or top yeah. 10, 20 films of all time and stuff as well. Yeah, so yeah exactly. It's and it's, it's, it's got it all, like, you know, the, you know, the newest ratchet is the, you know, the sort of evil, but the, you know, the bad character, I suppose, as well. Yeah. So it's got that sort of side of it and, sure. you know, it's got the humour and just, yeah. The Oscars, you're saying, right? So it's it's one of only three films ever to win the big 
five or six it is. So it's yeah. picture, acting, uh, actress, and uh, oh, sorry, what's the other one? Screenplay, picture, and director as well. Sorry. Oh, yeah. uh, so the only other two, the two other films that have ever done that is called uh, Happened One Night, released in 1934, and Silence of the Lambs in 1991. And uh, this, since Silence of the Lambs, that hasn't been done. Yeah. Uh, again, which is crazy. Like, I just think that's incredible that, like, the amount of stories and stuff that keep coming out and it's, uh, it's yeah. a spell again of that so, such a long time. But it's a tough one, isn't it? When you think about it, like, you think of think of films and you can have, like, an amazing actor or an amazing actress. Yeah. So to have the two roles where they're both that good, like, they, yeah. you know, the roles are written that well for both. Yeah, yeah. as well as the whole and make the film work behind it. Yeah, it's something yeah. special for sure when it can happen. Um, so this was filmed in an actual mental hospital too, which I didn't know. I assumed it was just like maybe an abandoned one that's just dressed for the parts they need. Yeah. And you see, uh, but the crew actually started using patients as like <laughs> kind of local laborers and stuff to help while they were making. And there's only one recorded incident of that not going well, and that's. Uh, when they were running power to some equipment, they uh, ran cables out of a second-story window, uh, which was then used as an escape method for one of the patients. Uh, and the town it was being recorded in uh, began referring to the film as the set of One Flew Out of the Cuckoo's Nest. <laughs> which uh, <laughs> I don't know if they could have predicted that was going to happen, but, I mean, I guess it was cool that they... Gave the inmates and stuff there something to, well, not the inmates, sorry, the patients there something to do. Yeah, the patients, yeah. yeah. Can you imagine that happening these days? Though? No chance. Absolutely not. No, no chance. chance. So, it would have to be abandoned. It'd just be a set. It wouldn't yeah. be. Yeah. No, absolutely crazy. Yeah. I, uh, I've got two more bits for you, Mike. I have used one of your top four films and I've trawled the depths of uh, IMDb and the internet to find a one star review of one of these films, and then I've removed all the mentions of the film, and I want to see if you can guess what film it might be for and see if you can defend it from this one-star review, okay? (laughs) Uh, The title of this one-star review is It's not a PG movie. It's more like an R. Uh, If you're looking for a good movie for your family to watch with children, this is not the one. It's rated PG, and I got it uh, for our Friday family movie night, and it was terrible. Dirty language, violence, implicitly erotic, and it made it unsuitable for any family to watch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> look, PG, you'd probably have to say they're talking about airplane or a flying high. Uh, <laughs> talk about someone without a sense of humour, honestly. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, so it was. I think they're probably right in all the things they're sort of saying about, you know, all the innuendo and everything that was in it. Yes. Oh, my God, lighten up, will you? Yeah. I think a lot of people, those, uh, the the cockpit with the pilot speaking to the young boy, I don't think would fly too well with uh, (laughs) anyone if it was released today. I think that'd be quite concerning if people (laughs) went out to film that. Uh, But yeah, it was for flying high. I always find that when. I've done these and people have picked comedies. I always just like go in it and just think, geez, if you took the time out to 
writer yeah. review of a comedy, you mustn't have a funny bone in your body to like. Exactly. Oh, look, you can look honestly, you can get some comedies that just aren't funny, full stop. Yeah. But you know, I just cannot imagine anyone not getting a laugh. You don't have to laugh through the whole of it, but there'd be laughs in there. For yeah. You'd laugh at one thing for sure. If, yeah. if, if, you know, if a movie made me laugh once, I'd, I wouldn't totally write it off either, I don't yeah. think, but yeah. I agree. Uh, we've got a, one last question, I guess. Uh, provided we can go to the cinema between now and the end of the year. Yeah. It's looking good for me. I think I can go on Monday. Yeah. I don't know about you yet. No, is, uh, yes. Is there something you're really looking forward to or what's the, what's the next big thing you're looking forward to to seeing on the big screen? Yeah, look, there's a couple probably. Um, obviously, the new James Bond, No Time to Die. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, I've sort of just, yeah, I've been hanging out for it for the last year and a half, really. Yeah. Um, as a lot of people have been. So I'm looking forward to that. The other one is um, probably Edgar Wright's uh, new film, Last Night in Soho. Last Night in Soho. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love Baby Driver, as I said. it's um, I think that's a, a really good film. And, you know, this yeah. one just looks like it's, you know, d- different. You yeah. Know, it's more of a horror and that sort of stuff or a th- psychological horror. But, yeah. yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing it because I think he makes, you know, really smart films. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, that are just great to watch, great to look at as well. Yeah, for sure. And he has a rhythm in his in his cutting and in his, and in his editing that I think even if you're not interested in perhaps the story, there's something in it that he'll just keep you, yeah. you know, he'll keep you holding yeah. to, or give you something to enjoy while you're there at least. Yeah, so. exactly. And, you know, he also has a sense of humour sort of side of things that comes through it all, you know, obviously. Yeah. I have to work on Simon Pig and that for a while. He'd sort of get used to it, I suppose. Yeah. But, um, yeah. No, very good. That was awesome, Mike. Thank you so much for uh, coming on and chatting about your four favourite movies. There were some great ones there. I'm definitely going to go and watch uh, Cinema Paradisio now, I think. And, uh, yeah. yeah that's, that's worth it. So. Yeah. Oh, right. great. That's been good to talk about. Awesome. Thanks, Mike. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Bottomless Popcorn. For bonus content, news, and upcoming guests, follow us on Instagram at Bottomless Popcorn Pod. Subscribe to our channel on YouTube. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email us at bottomlesspopcornpod at gmail.com. And be sure to leave a review of your own favorite film wherever you listen to podcasts.